greater. Isn't God greater? I want to give a big shout out to a few people, to Zach Buckner, to Pete Saro, to Justin Grant. Anybody else? That's about it. They spent all day. They've been working on it for months, putting this together. We all give them a big round of applause. It is so awesome. I want to encourage you. It is so awesome when, when your gifts start to get to operate in church. When what God has called you to do. You know, what's funny is I'm glad I already gave him the credit, so now you all know who did that. Hey, but isn't that life? That's life. What do we do? We pick it back up. Nobody's hurt. We keep walking. We keep walking. Amen? Everybody say amen. amen. Let's go. Let's go. God's got a word for you today. And God's great. Do you know how great he is? What can you put beside? If you put God on the greater, greater than, what can go on the other side? Everything. There's nothing that can come close to getting to his side. Nothing. The gap is infinite. Infinite. That's how big he is. Greater than what? There is nothing beside him. Nothing. Nothing can compare. We're going to take a little bit of a look of how big God is. And to start this off, I want to ask Pastor Justin, come up here and get us started. Show and tell, show and tell. Favorite time of school. I've got stuff. I've got stuff. I'm a geek. Just love me through this. Okay, you know how, like, if you uh, get a blueprint for a house, um, you can get a scale model of something, and it'll be like a real, real small. Um, I just want to talk about the solar system, and I will promise you that you have never seen a scale model of the solar system on a page because you can't print it. There is no way that we can do a scale model of the solar system. So I'm going to show a scale model of the solar system. So imagine that this is the sun. Just everybody put your imagination hats on. You know, sun. Sun. Okay. Say the sun is sitting on the podium in all good Tennessee. You better stay. There we go. Okay. Well, around the sun, there are planets. And who can say the first planet? Does anyone remember the first planet? Mercury, you are so awesome. Well, if our sun is this size, Mercury, the first planet, will be the size of a grain of salt. Everybody see the grain of salt? And if you don't, you just have to have faith in me. This grain of salt would be orbiting at the back door at the bathroom out here. So a grain of salt orbiting at the back door. Most of its trip around this sun will be outside in the parking lot. And every once in a while, it'll like cut through the kitchen, and then that's it. The next planet, does anyone remember that one? Venus, you are awesome. Your uh, science teachers would be so proud. Venus would be the size of a BB somewhere in the middle of the parking lot floating around. And Venus is the, close to the same size as the next planet, Earth. I'm so proud of you. Earth would also be the size of a BB at the playground. 
sitting on the slide at the playground, revolving around the Earth. Sun, way to go. The next planet, Mars, would also be the size of a grain of salt orbiting around the church bus. So imagine this grain of salt sitting on the driver's seat of the church bus. The next planet is the biggest planet in the solar system, Jupiter, size of a pool ball, sitting on the church sign at the end of the driveway. Now imagine if you are on Jupiter, and Jupiter is massive. Like imagine a BB compared to Jupiter. Imagine if you were on Jupiter on, and saw the size of the sun. The next planet, God's favorite planet, because he liked it so much he put a ring on it. <laughs> I got it, it's nice. So Saturn, with all of its rings, would be the size of a ping pong ball sitting on top of the billboard on 111. Now at this point, you can hardly see the sun. The sun is a fleck. It's, I mean, it's bigger than a, the rest of the stars, but it's so small. The next planet, nice, is also this size. And by the way, uh, Uranus, instead of rotating like this, it rotates end over end. Also another ping pong ball sitting on the bridge over 4th Avenue on 111. And the last planet, Neptune, the size of a marble sitting in the middle of City Hall in All Good. And the sun at Neptune looks like any other star in the sky. It is dark on Neptune. Now, I think almost everybody in here remembers Pluto and how we've disowned Pluto. <laughs> well, the reason why we've done that, because we used to think Pluto was, you know, kind of a big planet, you know, it's the ninth planet in the solar system, it's all the way out there in the middle of nowhere. Well, it turns out that Pluto's actually not even the biggest thing in that space. In between Mars and Jupiter, there's an asteroid belt. Well, we now know that Pluto is operating or is orbiting inside this asteroid belt that we call the Kuiper belt. And if we saw Pluto in all of its other asteroids and planetoids and all that stuff, orbiting around this sun, they would be smaller than grains of dust at all good quarry. Can't even see the sun from Pluto. And that is, this is as small as you can make the sun to make Earth, or to make Mars and Mercury visible. So anytime that you've seen it printed out on a page with the sun, Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, not to scale. The, just our solar system is so vast, like we can hardly wrap our minds around it. And if you make the sun any bigger, you can't even see the planets. How big is that? You're about to get into my sermon, so okay, stay out. Okay, I'll stop right there. <laughs> were, were you done? Okay. <laughs> okay. Something that, that we were praying before, uh, the worship team was praying before, and it's what I was praying, is that we could be awed by God that we could be awed by God. Do you know that God is awe-worthy? 
So we've just gotten started just a little bit about our planets, and I just want to continue on the same thread. How big is God? How great is God? Let's go back to the moon. We didn't even talk about the moon. We can't leave out the moon. Moon, 239,000 miles away from Earth. If we, just to give you some perspective, by plane, if we were to go from here to the moon by plane, it would take us 20 days, nonstop. Light gets there in 1.3 seconds. If you had a big enough light uh, flashlight and was standing on the moon, if I turned it on, you would see it in 1.3 seconds. The sun is 93 million miles from earth. 93 million. By plane, nonstop, that would take us 21 years. 21 years. If you were driving an automobile, it would take us 200 years. Light gets there in 8 minutes and 20 seconds. So let's talk about light. How fast does light travel? Light travels 186 thousand miles per second. Now stop for just a second. I don't want to go so fast through this that you let it go right over your head. 186,000 miles per second. I'm going somewhere with this church. You know how many miles per hour that is? 670 million miles an hour. You know how much that'll travel in a year? How, fast, how far a lot will travel in a year? Let me make sure I'm looking at this right. Five trillion, almost six trillion miles a year. And you know, we use the words billions and trillions. I don't think we can grasp just the, just the a billion. You can't count it in your lifetime. Start from the time you're born until the time you die. You can't get there. I don't know how many, I don't know what factor you have to count by to be able to get there, but it would be huge. The earth is 25,000 miles in diameter. If you flattened it out, light could go around the earth seven and a half times in one second. Light can cover the length of, if you were to flatten out the earth, it would go around the earth seven and a half times in one second. All right, so, are we overwhelmed yet? Okay, here it comes. God is big. We haven't even touched the surface yet. Have, we've just gotten started. So, let's talk about a light year. What is a light year? It's how far light will travel in a year. Good. Y'all were listening better to Justin. Y'all were responding very good to him. Y'all need to respond very good to me. Light year. The nearest star... Not our sun, but the nearest star is 4.3 light years away. 4.3 light years away. 28 trillion miles from Earth. By plane, let's just do this again, 51 billion years to get there. 
Light gets there in 4.3 years. The average star that we can see with the naked eye is between 100 and 1,000 light years away. But you can even see some stars that is 4,000 light years away. Now remember, light travels at 186,000 miles per second. A star that is 1,000 light years away, we see light from it now. We see light from it and is now reaching us. This light that we see originated 700 years before we were a nation. Now, this is just our galaxy, right? We live in what galaxy? Milky Way, good. Galaxy is a vast gathering of usually billions of stars. We live in the Milky Way galaxy. Our galaxy is about 100,000 light years in diameter. The closest galaxy to ours is the Andromeda galaxy. And it's 2.3 million light years away. Now, as I study this, you know, my mind starts to want to blow, be blown, and then I start, I really just start doubting science. I mean, how can they, how can they know? You know, come on. But they have ways of measuring. They have ways of estimating. I mean, I, can't, I don't think that our mind can fathom 2.3 million light years away. And scientists have estimated that there are billions of galaxies. Church, we're just talking about our galaxy. And there are billions of galaxies. The Guinness Book of World Records... I don't know if I have this in there. Oh, I went. I may have clicked too far. I did. That's all right. The Guinness Book of World Records states that in June of 1994, a new group of cocoon-shaped clusters of galaxies were discovered, and the distance across this group of galaxies was calculated to be 650 million light years. But the Guinness Book of World Records has also stated that our, the most remote object that man has ever seen is 13.2 billion light years away. Now I'm going to show you some pictures and then we're going to break this down. There's the Milky Way. 100 million light years in diameter. This is NGC 4414 spiral galaxy ca captured by the Hubble telescope estimated to be 60 million light years away. And this is a cartwheel galaxy, estimated 500 million light years from Earth. We've yet to glimpse the ends of the galaxy clusters, let alone the end of the universe. And do you know that Scripture says that God can measure the universe in the span of His hand? Now, it doesn't say that God can measure the Milky Way in the span of His hand. And the more I studied it is that God uses it as a measuring tool. That God measures, God, it's, it's a span of his hand to be able to measure. He uses that to measure how big. And in order to see how big the universe is. The universe includes all galaxies. And scripture says that he measures that by the span of his hand. 
um, a, a, an amount that we are unable to process. Psalm 147, he counts the number of stars. Remember, there are billions of galaxies with billions of stars per galaxy, and he counts the number of stars, and he calls them all by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. 1 Kings chapter 8 says, But God... But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain you. How much less this little temple which I have built. God cannot even be contained in the heaven, in the heavens, in the heaven of heavens, in the universe. God cannot be contained, period. It's infinite how big God is. The entire universe can't contain him. And he puts the stars in place with his fingers. Isaiah 40, verse 12. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, measured the heaven with a span, with a span and calculated the dust of the earth in a measure, weighted the mountains and scales and the hills in balance? Isaiah 66, verse 1. Thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and the earth my footstool. Where is the house that you will build me? And where is the place of my rest? For all those things my hand has made, and all those things exist. My point today, and we're going to see it in just a moment, is that if we could grasp how big, how great, how awesome God is, also with the understanding that He loves us, And he, the one that that holds the universe in his hand, is thinking of you. And that he gave his son for you. This thing that in the vastness of the universe, we wouldn't have any way of comparing the size of what earth would be. There would be no way for us as humans to have anything measurable that would be small enough Let me show you. I think God is saying, I am God, consider my glory, my ability, my power. What can you add to what I do? I think that scripture is just trying to say, I've got this. Don't you love it when when you've got a problem and someone comes to your rescue and says, I've got this. Just step aside, and I'll take care of it. What are you facing? What are you up against? Look at what Job verse 38 says. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding, who determined its measurements? Surely you know or who stretched the line upon it. To what were its foundations fastened? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Can you imagine the sound of morning stars singing? Can you imagine what God experiences in heaven? I can't imagine. Psalm verse 8, 
Psalm chapter 8. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. Psalm 139. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more than the number, more in number than the sand. What would be more in number than the sand? His thoughts toward me. His thoughts toward you. Elizabeth's word this morning was that she is highly favored. I love that. So many times we don't want to even say me. But God's thoughts about me number more than the sand. God's thoughts about you number more than the sand. God is thinking of you. The God who placed the stars into place, put put them into place with his fingers. The God where the stars are singing. They are singing to him. He's thinking of you. But you know what? Let's go from God being so humongous, right? But do you know that God's a God of detail? God's a God of great detail from hugeness to the minuscule. Do you know the human body has more than a hundred trillion cells in it? A hundred trillion. Can't remember. 100 trillion. I was sitting there, what does Dr. Evil do? I couldn't remember. I was wanting to go, no, no, it's this. 100 trillion. God in his great wisdom with those cells gave those cells specific things to do. They grow, they multiply, and they eventually die right on schedule. And even though they are invisible to the naked eye, they're not the smallest particle known to man. You start to break down the cells, you got molecules and elements, and you break those down, you finally come to what we've been able to recognize as the smallest is the atom. Funny thing is, they may not be the smallest, that's just the smallest that we've been able to find. Have you ever thought that? Because man says this is the smallest thing, that doesn't mean that it is, it means it's the smallest things that they found. Because we believe that we can only see the 650 trillion, billion, whatever light years, that doesn't mean that it stops there because that's all we can see. Our understanding is finite. It ends. God's understanding is infinite, infinite. It's never ending. So the atom... Do you know an atom is, they are so small that a period at the end of a sentence contains more than a billion of them. And the atoms are made up of protons and neutrons and electrons. And these are the core building blocks that holds everything together. So where does an atom get its energy? And what force holds its energetic parcels together? Scientists call it atomic energy. And I believe it's just a merely scientific term to describe what they cannot explain. Do you know that Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says that God is upholding all things by the word of his power. All things. Colossians 1.17 says, in him all things hold together. 
Stop and ponder our glorious creator whom even the universe cannot contain. The universe is measured by the span of his hand, yet he is so detailed in his design of the earth and his creatures that it still leaves modern science baffled. Matthew chapter 10 verse 30 says that by the very hairs of your head are numbered, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are more valuable than many sparrows. God thinks so highly of you. God's thoughts of you number more than the sand. How insignificant we are, yet God's thoughts about you outnumber the sand. If you were to just go get a handful of sand, in my opinion, that would be enough thoughts for God to have about me. But that's a handful. He knows the number of your hair. He knows how many hairs you have on your head. You know I hate sitting down there on the front row because everybody can see this what I got going on back here. You know, I I like being up here because you can't see it. And I got hair back there, but for some reason, every time somebody takes a picture of me, I see the, my bald spot on the top of my head. I don't like that. And God knows it. He knows it. Rob, he's got an easy job with you. <laughs> Maybe not so much down here. He, but. Remember, church is a place of forgiveness. (laughs) He knows the number of the hairs on your head. What is he trying to say? He knows you. He created you. He is your creator. This whole next few weeks in this series about greater, do you know what he's greater than? And we're going to hit all of these. He's greater than your circumstance. He's greater than your fear. He's greater than you. He's greater than death. He's greater than a lie, than the lie. God is greater. He's greater than sin. What these things are that may have a hold of you, He's greater. God is greater. Here at Church on the Hill over the next few weeks, we are just here to encourage you that what we've got to do is we've got to take the stairs. It is time to overcome because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That when I walk according to what God has called me to do, when I am filled with the Holy Spirit, when I walk in righteousness, there is nothing that I face that I can't overcome. There is no marriage, there is no challenge, there is no demon. Satan is not big enough to take me. There is no doctor's report, there is no sickness, there is nothing that can go on the other side. Nothing has the right or is able to come to this side with God. It all falls under. All of it. What you're facing... Take the stairs because God is greater. 
God is greater, and we will overcome. We're not just overcomers. We're more than conquerors. We're more than conquerors. What are you facing? What are you facing? It's time to come to the Lord. Will you all stand up with me? God is greater. Father, in Jesus' name, we acknowledge that you are great. And Lord, I don't even believe that the word great is is great enough. I don't believe the word awesome is enough. But Lord, all we know are big words that we have in our vocabulary. And God, you're great. You're awesome. You are above all things. You've created all things. You are above all things. You have power above all things. I thank you, Lord, that you are our God and that you, that you are thinking of us. That you sent your son Jesus to die for us. You gave your most precious possession for us. Lord, we just thank you. You are so good. You are so good. And Lord, these things that we face this week, Lord, we just give them to you. And say, Lord, we're going to walk with you. We're going to walk and not grow weary. We're going to run and not faint. And we are going to overcome. What are you facing? Are you facing disaster? Do you feel like you're living in a, at a time where you have no hope? You've got no rescue. You've got no way out. I want you to know that God is greater than the lie that you are living under. That, that, that feeling that there's no way out is a lie. God paid a huge price for you to have a way out. And that way out is Jesus Christ. You may be saved. You may have never made that first time decision. Now is the time. You may be saved and you may have fallen back under that lie. Now is the time to get out from under that lie and come to the truth. Jesus is the truth and the way and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. Would you come to Jesus? That's the altar call today. Whether you have sickness, whether you have a marriage problem or a job, maybe you need to give your heart to the Lord today. Maybe you've just fallen down. Would you choose Jesus today? Jesus is the way. Those that are praying with me, come on down. We're just going to open this altar. Whatever need you have, will you come to him as we sing?